0: upon us. There's two ways that you know that summer is upon us. Number one, I am way too tan. My nose is way too red. That is one way that you could tell. The other is that June 1st just happened and June gloom showed up on schedule. June 1, June gloom. I've been rebuking it in Jesus' name. (laughs) But that is summer in the coastlands is the gloom arrives. But with summer, we want to deal with some family business today. Okay, the church is a family, and every once in a while, family has to deal with some business. I'm happy to tell you today is all good business, so don't be afraid of anything. We want to take a little bit of time to share and talk about and explore what the Lord has us doing as a church family this summer. Okay, so the title of this message is, How the Spirit is Leading Our Church Family in Making Disciples This Summer. Long title, I know. But it's important. Why is this important? It is important Number one, if this is your church, if this is your church, then today is very important because we are mutually invested in mission together. We are mutually invested in the mission of making disciples here in the coastlands and unto the nations. And so since Christ commissioned us, commanded us to make disciples, we're very intent and intense about doing so. And we are together in that. And so as we hear about how we're endeavoring by the Spirit to make disciples this summer, if this is your church, you ought to rejoice in that and join in that. Now, if this isn't your church, you have a different level of engagement. Maybe you're just here to check it out, and you're like, "Oh no, this is a weird day to be here. Granted, it kind of is. But um, you will learn a lot about the church today. So maybe you came wondering about the church. You will learn a lot about the church and what Jesus is doing in our midst here in Santa Barbara, Carpinteria, and Ventura, and the areas in between. So it's important for you as well to hear that. And you can consider an invitation. If you're not a Christian, you can consider an invitation to begin to follow Jesus, to yourself become a disciple of Jesus Christ who gave his life in your place on the cross so you might have new life having your sins dealt with through his forgiveness. And you can consider an invitation to join his mission here in our coastlands and even to the nation. So with that in mind, let's pray and we'll get into it. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would make us profoundly aware this morning of the love of the Father and the finished, wonderful work of the Son on the cross in our place. And that not one person in here this morning would miss the fact that they are loved by the Father. Holy Spirit, make that evident. Thank you, Christ, that you proved that on the cross. Thank you, Christ, that you live having risen from the dead to continually manifest that in our world by saving men and women who are broken sinners. And Holy Spirit, you not only convince us of the love of the Father, but you compel us by the love of the Father to live faithful lives on mission. Do that for us this morning. Lord, as we're entering summer, we want to be intentional with the kingdom of God and our community and the church family. Our lives counting for you. And so Holy Spirit, give us insight. Open our minds and our hearts to see what you're doing. Show us the way that you're endeavoring to exalt Christ in our midst and sanctify our lives and propel us into mission. Don't let us miss that. And so we would ask together, Holy Spirit, that you would please anoint me to communicate the things that you're doing in our midst for the glory of Christ. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. As we start, I just want us to think for a moment about the wonder of grace and that God would, in that grace, invite us into his work. And, and, and I'll use my, myself in a moment as, as an illustration of grace. But this pertains to every single one of us. We ought to be in awe of the grace of God in Christ. And that he would include us in his passionate mission to the world. This was the sense of wonder that was exemplified in the Apostle Paul. In 1 Timothy, you can turn there if you haven't turned there. 1 Timothy chapter 1. Listen to the wonder at grace in the Apostle's voice in 1 Timothy 1 starting in verse 12. He's writing to Timothy and he says, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord. Who has given me strength to do his work. He considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve him. Even though, now wait right there for a second. Everybody has an even though. You know what I'm talking about? Even though, and here was Paul's, I used to blaspheme the name of Christ. It's a big even though. In my insolence, I persecuted his people. It's a big even though. but Everyone's got big even thoughs. Then it says, but God. Two of the most important words in all of scripture. But God, and that's a big but. But God. Don't laugh at that. I maybe meant to do that. But God, listen to Paul. But God had mercy on on me, because I did it in ignorance and unbelief. Listen to him. Oh, how generous and gracious our Lord was. He filled me with the faith and love that comes from Jesus Christ. Then he says, this is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I am the worst of them all. I've heard some people in this church recently responding to preaching saying, you, you, you shouldn't call us sinners anymore. Oh, really? <laughs> I am the worst of them all, said Paul. And then verse 16, which 2011 has been my life verse. But God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great Patience with even the worst sinners, then others will realize that they too can believe in him and have eternal life. All honor and glory to God forever and ever. He is the eternal king, the unseen one who never dies. He alone is God. Amen. Can you, can you hear it in the Apostle Paul's voice? I have shared with you guys in in my infrequent occasions in the pulpit, my struggles over the last year, Uh, most recently in the message, When Sparrows Fall," I've been on a leave of absence from the church now for just over a year. In fact, 13 months, Daisy was diagnosed with cancer for the fourth time, the first week of April 2012. And I've had some involvement since then, but primarily I've been on leave of absence because my daughter was dying, and we were desperately trying to prevent that. And I've shared with you a bit of what that, that journey has been like my anger at God, my disbelief in his sovereignty, his goodness, his willingness to intervene, even his power, my even denial. And correspondingly, my deep, deep depression and sense of despair. And what I also need to tell you is that during that time, God held me so tight, He held me like a strong father who holds a son who's desperately trying to get away from him run away from him because the son is frustrated, because the son is hurt, because the son is confused, and he doesn't understand, and he doesn't get it, and he's angry, and he's trying to run. But there's the father with his strong arms around the son saying, I, I hear you. I understand. I get it. God held me so tightly in that way. And in my grief, by his grace, he never abandoned me. In fact, in my deepest places of brokenness, I found him drawing me nearer with cords of kindness. And very, 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 very graciously, he has restored me. To a place where I now believe in his sovereignty and his goodness more than I ever did in my life. His presence and his power and his involvement more than I've ever believed in my life. His love and my heart revived to love him more than it's ever been in my life. But he hasn't only restored these things. In his incredible grace, he's restored me back into a place of serving him. It was only in October when we were still in Israel that I looked at my wife and I said, honey, you need to know as we're preparing to go home that I will never preach again. I will never do ministry again. And it was my full intent to come home from Israel and give to the elders of this church my letter of resignation, and that was gonna be it. But God is such a strong, loving, kind Father. This last week, By the prompting of the Holy Spirit, the elders got me and officially ended my leave of absence and they laid their hands on me and anointed me with oil and recommissioned me back into full-time ministry. And I... Thank you. I am overwhelmed at God's grace and His kindness in Christ. Now, why do I share that? I don't share that for me I don't share that because that's the biggest deal in the world. We should know as a church that I'm resuming my duties as pastor for vision and preaching. And we should know that I'm committed long-term to the mission here in the coastlands, that I'm not going anywhere. I want to, thanks. And I want to thank all of you for your kindness in the last year, I want to thank the elders and the staff, and I want to thank the best interim pastor for preaching in the world, Pastor Chris Lazo. You should applaud now. And don't worry, you have not heard the last from Chris Lazo. He will return, and we have a plan for the fall that will involve both of us and I think make the whole world happy. (laughs) But the more important reason why I share that story of the Father holding me is because I want to encourage each of you, my brothers and my sisters, in two things. Number one, if you belong to God by having put your faith in Jesus Christ, you must hear again, he will never let you go. He will never let you go. And number two, you must know no matter how messy life has gotten, no matter how far you've wandered, wandered, no, no matter how difficult it's been, Christ has a place for you in his mission. When Christ came, he didn't go looking for the most religious and the cleanest and the most awesome and the most powerful. He came looking for the broken, And it was the broken that he, by his love, pressed into service for his glory. And we are here together, broken people whom Christ has chosen. And I want you to know then that in light of that beautiful kindness of God in Christ, your church has a place for mission for you. Here in the coastlands and to the nations. That's why we're taking today on the cusp of summer, to reveal what the Spirit is doing in our church and our community, that we might, as we ought to as a family, deeply involve ourselves in the mission of Christ and the work of the Spirit here. This is like a dad gathering the family together and saying, look, here's our plans for the summer. We're going to the beach and we're going surfing and we're going to the mountains and we're going camping and we're taking this trip and we're doing all these wonderful things. This is the father gathering us together as family and saying, look what I'm doing by my spirit for the glory of Christ in your communities this summer. And and so we start with the very most important place, what is always most important at any time in any culture and in any church, our kids. Kids are very important to us at Reality. Reality. And the goal of the reality kids ministry is to partner with parents in exposing our kids to the love of God in Christ and instructing them in the truth of Scripture and the glory of the gospel. Our kids ministry at reality is not child care. That's not what we're doing. We don't check in our kids and say, oh, thanks guys for watching them while we go be spiritual. Now, we're endeavoring to engage our kids in deep spiritual things. We're teaching them the truth about the person of Jesus Christ, what Scripture has to say, the truth of the gospel, and who they are in Him. We are endeavoring to disciple, along with parents, kids here in the coastlands. It's a very intentional discipleship endeavor. Now, one of the ways that the Spirit's allowing us to do that this summer is through VBS, that stands for Vacation Bible School. And it's for kids from entering kindergarten into fifth grade. Four days long, right? It's like a camp thing. You come daily. Four days long, starting June 10th at the Carpinteria campus and June 24th at the Ventura campus. And our theme this year is Encountering Jesus. And so, so we're setting up those buildings. We'll transform those buildings into the first century context and setting of when Christ was on the earth. And we're going to do our very best through creativity and faithful scriptural explanation, to bring kids face-to-face with Jesus, what it would have been like to meet the Messiah in Israel in the first century. A very intentional discipleship process and also very intentional outreach in our community because it's summertime and suddenly parents have their kids at home and they're saying, what can I do with my kids? Where can I send them for a little while? And we as a church in the community are saying, send them here. We want to expose, kids, to the wonder and the glory of the person of Jesus Christ and the truth of Scripture and the life-changing power of the gospel. Now, the cool thing is that we can all be involved in this. First of all, how can we be involved? We could pray. Now, church, let me just train us a little bit. When we hear about stuff like this, when you read it in the e-bulletin or you hear it in announcements, what, what you ought to do is make note of it and begin to pray, right? Because we're talking about Kids getting saved and kids being discipled. And that's a spiritual issue that involves spiritual battle. And I I, I just want to be blunt, and I I hope there's no little ones in here, but, man, the devil hates our kids. Christ loves them. There's a battle involved in that. And, And we're not left powerless. Our weapons are not carnal, but are divinely powerful before God for the tearing down of strongholds. This is a spiritual battle. It's one on our knees. So when you hear this, church, you should make a plan to begin to pray for VBS. You can serve, right? We need people to help with those things To so come alongside and love the kids and instruct the kids and have fun with the kids. Now, throughout this Talk today, I'll be talking about ways that you could serve. I just want to give you four ways that you can begin to engage if you forget everything. okay, You can always come up to one of the leaders on a Sunday morning and say, hey, I want to serve in this way, and we'll connect you. You can always send an email to office at reality SB and say, hey, I want to be involved, and we'll connect you. You can always stop by the offices in Santa Barbara Carpinteria of Ventura during the week. We'd love to see you come in and say, hey, I want to do something. What, 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 what's going on? I want to serve in this way. And we'll connect you. If you're going to serve with our kids, we're going to do background checks. We're going to poke you. We're going to prod you. We're going to sniff you. We're going to examine you because we love our kids and we take it very seriously. But as the Holy Spirit leads, we want you to be involved. You can thank the servants. When you drop off your kids at VBS or Sunday school, you should thank the people that are there. They're obeying Christ at great cost and endeavoring to love our kids. And we can get kids to VBS. If you know kids in your neighborhood, that it would be a wonderful opportunity for them. Talk to their parents. Get them there. You see, this is a huge strategic investment in the kingdom, our church, our community, and the future in our kids. And so we have this opportunity to be all about it. And then kids start to grow up, and they become junior hires. Help me, Jesus junior hires. My son is now a junior hire. And then they go on to high school. And this is a terrifying time of existence from a parental perspective. Wonderful, but somewhat terrifying. What are you talking about, Pastor Ritt? Well, do you remember you in junior high and high school? I remember junior high. don't remember high school. But the me that I remember was scary. So as we're endeavoring to make disciples for Jesus Christ of junior hires and high schoolers, this is a serious thing. So this summer, we're gonna be offering a class for the kids that are transitioning from that place of junior high into high school, eighth graders, it's called Bring It On. Okay, because when you enter high school, it's just not, there's not just temptation, it's like all in, right? And your faith is challenged from the top level often of that school, All the way down. And so we want to begin to equip kids to face the challenges of high school, to maintain and thrive in their faith. Bring it on. Okay, so we're going to instruct them in faith. We're going to instruct them in apologetics. We're going to talk to them about identity. We're going to talk to them about image. We're going to talk to them about our culture of comparison and what our identity in Christ has to do with that. We're going to talk to them about peer pressure and relationships and navigating sexuality. We're going to talk to them about truth and lies faith and the challenges to that. We, we want to equip our kids. And then, and then concurrent or following that for our high schoolers we'll have discipleship groups this summer. So we want to gather kids and begin to disciple them in the scriptures, in the person of Christ, in the gospel to gird up their faith for that pivotal time. And so we'll be very purposeful and intentional about trying to make fruitful and faithful disciples out of our high school kids. And Part of that will be both for the junior high and the senior high, we will have camps this summer. Now, camps are just an amazing opportunity for the kids to get away and get into Jesus. I'll be going to both of them this year. It's just an unbelievable time. First of all, it's crazy fun. We're going to risk the life of every single kid there with fun. Boats and jet skis and helicopters. and No, not helicopters. We're praying for helicopters, Pastor G and I, but none yet. We're going to give them probably the most fun time they're going to have all summer, but then we will endeavor by the Holy Spirit to take them deep into the presence of Christ. Because a moment in the presence of Christ changes, can change the life of a young woman or a young man. We're going to take them deep into the scriptures, teach them the Bible for several days, morning and night. Take him deep into the throne room to experience the beauty of Christ manifest by the Holy Spirit. It's for believers and non-believers. And what happens at every single one of our camps, without exception, is kids get saved. Kids go to these things, and they get saved. So so when you hear that, you ought to think, okay, I can be involved. That's going to be a spiritual battle. So again, we begin to pray. You can involve yourself in the prayer meetings that we have weekly for our youth. You can find stuff about that on the website. You can encourage the youth leaders. Man, these guys have a gnarly job. And I can tell you, the youth leaders at all three of our campuses are faithful. They're faithful and they're working hard by the power that the Spirit provides to love and make disciples of these kids. And so encourage them. Send them little letters. Just mail it to the church office. We'll get it to them. Give them gifts. Have them over for dinner. Love these men and women who are giving their lives to make disciples of young men and women in our coastlands. You can volunteer. You could always volunteer to serve in our youth ministries again because we're very serious about loving and protecting our kids. We will do background checks. We will sniff, prod, and poke and examine. But if the Spirit is leading you, we'd love to have you help there. Secondly, I want to talk about our worship ministry. Secondly, I don't know. It's like 100th. Our worship ministry. Our worship ministry is incredibly important to us. When I said 100th, I didn't mean importance. I just meant I've lost my place in my teaching. I'm a little rusty. Our worship ministry. <clears throat> this summer, we're going to be endeavoring to train musicians and leaders for the amazing privilege of joining with the angels and all creation and singing to the most beautiful one, Jesus Christ. So we'll have auditions throughout the summer for musicians. We'll be discipling musicians and worship leaders to be faithful in that ministry. We'll have classes on what it means to be in worship ministry and what it means to be part of a team, and what it means to glorify Christ in that way. The Holy Spirit has been leading our worship leaders into songwriting. It's a new season, and we feel like he's calling us to sing some new songs. And so they're endeavoring to write some songs, not for the world, just for our little church to sing here together in light of what Christ is doing in our hearts. And you can be involved. Surprise, surprise, you can pray, right? Because listen, Satan has a special hateful eye for worship leaders. The Bible seems to suggest that he was a worship leader in heaven and he got fired and he's pissed off about it, being the vindictive little twit that he is. He's got a special eye for worship leaders. So we need to continue to play covering over them, shield over them. And you can audition. Bottom line, if you're good, audition. If you're not, don't. To the glory of God. Next thing that we should be aware of this summer is our Spanish ministry, Realidad. Uh, Yeah, go for it. Give it some of that. It's at our Carpinteria campus. Um, Isn't it fun, reality in Spanish, Realidad? It's just fun to say. Everyone say it. Realidad. That's cool. It's important in Carpinteria where the Hispanic community is now more than 50%. And a lot of those non-English speaking or English as a second language. So this is an important thing that the Lord has been leading us into for years. And just recently, Realidad had its first baptism and baptized whole families into following Jesus Christ. Isn't that good? So this summer, they'll be in Carpinteria at the parks doing summer outreaches to families there. Uh, They'll be doing men's discipleship and a men's retreat. They'll be having a, a midweek gathering to equip new believers in what they believe and to be able to defend the joy that is within them because there's been a lot of opposition in the Hispanic community and Carpentries. People have been getting saved, right? There's been some opposition, so, and a lot of questions like, what, what is this faith? What, what do you mean? And so we're gonna equip them to be able to defend their faith and, and extol the person of Jesus Christ. So again, You can be involved. Do you speak Spanish? We'd love for you to be involved. Do you have a heart for that community? We'd love for you to connect. And they desperately need your prayers. Now, with regards to what the Spirit is doing in local mission and community outreach, this summer will primarily be a time of training. Okay, we want to train you, we want to train ourselves this summer to understand and engage in key areas in the coastlands. One of those would be foster care and adoption. This is huge. This is huge in the heart of God. This is part of our identities. We're adopted sons and daughters of God through Christ. And so we care about orphans and their distress. And so we want to become more aware of that situation in the coastlands and more proactive as a church. The other one, (coughs) excuse me, is homelessness. We have many friends without homes here in the coastlands. And so this month, we're going to be offering a training class on how to begin to minister to, be with, love, and engage our friends without homes. It'll be starting June 25th at the Santa Barbara offices. We'll be collaborating with other local agencies that have a vision to end homelessness in this area. In Jesus' name, end homelessness in this area. It's attainable. We'll be partnering with other local agencies such as Common Ground, who we love and we bless. This training will be open to other churches. A lot of our dear friends from Calvary Chapel will be coming to enjoy the training with us and get equipped. We love them. And in that, we'll be trying to teach ourselves how to navigate the issues that come up when you're ministering to our friends without homes. And so many of you in the body are already doing it. And you realize, and so we want to be trained in things as how to navigate a mental health crisis. That's prevalent when you get on the streets. Uh, How to help them navigate drug and alcohol rehab. How to help them do simple things like register for food stamps. Find the appropriate shelter and engage in that. What happens with one of our friends when they end up in the ER, as they often do? How, how can we approach that? How can we go and, and be present and help them through that? We want to learn about that. So a time of training this summer. And then we're also involving ourselves in something called Community Justice Project is what we're calling it. And this is a long-term project to try to begin to recognize, pinpoint, and address areas of oppression in the Coastland. You can't read the scriptures without seeing that God is intensely concerned about the oppressed, the marginalized, the alien, the stranger, the outsider, the outcast, the downtrodden. And quite frankly, it's really easy for us in this beautiful setting being the affluent people that most of us are, to not see it, to inoculate ourselves from it, to to hide away from it a little bit. And so men and women in our church are endeavoring to explore what does oppression look like in our communities right here? I mean, do you know that human trafficking is happening here? On our watch? In our places? And so we're trying to explore what does it look like here How do we engage in it by the leading and the empowering of the Holy Spirit? How do we address it and begin to make a difference for the glory of Christ and the good of humanity where we live? So how can you be involved in these things? Well, obviously, okay? Obviously, but most important, just write it down. Let's just start to pray for these things. The church was birthed in prayer, and the church moves forward on its knees. All mission. Happens in the context of prayer. We, we must be praying. You'll be hearing about prayer meetings for this stuff coming up, and you can be a part of it. You can begin to pray with your community groups and engage in some of these issues with your community groups. All sorts of ways that you can serve. Again, go by the office, send an email, go to the website. And we need people who are connected in strategic and high places to be resources to help meet potential needs. So people in local government, and services, social workers, law enforcement, teachers, that's many of you. We want to become connected to you because we want to begin to work together as a community for the glory of Christ and the betterment of the people in our community. Next, I want to talk about international missions. Christ said to go into all the nations. This is not optional. It's imperative, right? And as a church, we want to be involved not only in local mission, but in international mission. It's fun right now because many of our our missionaries are home for a while. Uh, Luke and Bethany from Australia have been here for a while. We've seen them. Hank and Kathy from Roatan, Honduras have been around for a while. We've seen them. Um, Kaylee has been back from the Middle East. I can't tell you where for a while. We've been seeing her. And now we're going to see people going back excuse me, Sean and Emily Noss. He was once one of our interns. Now he's doing creative church planning in Australia. They'll be here with their two new kids that we've never met because some most of you, because they were there. Um, all sorts of exciting stuff happening. We'll be sending Kaylee in July back to the Middle East. She has a long-term, lifelong vision for reaching Muslims in the Middle East. It's radical. It's one of our own. That's one of our daughters. She's, She grew spiritually in this church. This is beautiful stuff. We'll be sending out several short-term missionaries this summer to places like the Ukraine and the Middle East. And we're going to be training during the summer. So you can get involved in training as a missionary or as a sender. Nobody goes unless they're sent. Right? And so a big part of Christianity, a big part of the church, is being a sender. And really, you're either a goer or a sender. And if you're not going, you ought to be sending in one way or another. Here at reality, we have a whole sending team. And we have a vision for sending that we've codified. We took months to write out and to pray through. You can get a copy of that by sending an email to sendingteam at realitysb.com. And there you can ask, how do, how do I become involved in sending? There'll be opportunities. There'll be opportunities to pray. There'll be opportunities to give money. If you know of some of our missionaries that are back in town, invite them over, love them, care for them, give to them, and then we want to send them back out. We're also going to be doing... Sort of missionary discipleship training. This is cool. Starting at the Ventura campus on Friday, June 21st, we're going to have a class about principles of multiplying discipleship. The gentleman that will be teaching this was involved in a radical home church movement in China. Listen to how rad that is. This guy was involved, like, we're American Christians, okay? This dude was in China Involved in a radical home church movement. And he's coming to our area to teach us about multiplying disciples. Like, that's really good stuff. That's an incredible opportunity to be equipped and be inspired. So how can you be involved? You can participate in those training opportunities. You can pray. You can get at our missions tables the prayer cards for our missionaries. Get them all. Put them on your fridge. Put them in your home. Begin to pray for them. You can start coming tonight for the nations that we announce periodically where we get to hear directly from men and women like Luke and Bethany, like Hank and Kathy as they're back off the mission field. You can serve. Again, send an email to the sending team at Reality sb, And listen to me. In the name of Jesus, some of you, you can go. You can go to the nations. There's some of you sitting here, some of you at the Carpinteria campus, some of you at the Ventura campus, and it is time that you went. There's been a stirring in you. There's been a longing. There's been a a holy discontentment in you, and Christ is calling you to go. Some of you need to go where the gospel has never been preached before. Some of you, Christ is calling. We want to partner with you. We want to hear about that. We want to begin to get you there. We want to train you and disciple you and send you together as a family. That's what Christ has called us to do in the Great Commission. I want to mention our Reality Ministry Interns, or RMI. This is a nine-month rigorous ministry training process to develop leaders. And on June 27th, we'll be graduating about 40 men and women who just completed that nine-month process. These are, yeah, praise God. These are men and women that we have had the privilege and the honor to help train for faithful, fruitful lives in ministry and in mission. And then soon online, we'll be opening up registration for the next round. Perhaps the Lord is calling you. Perhaps you're like, how do I, I want more, how to, maybe the Reality Ministry internship is for you. We'd love for you to apply. And then, starting next week, we're going to be enjoying the Summer of the Spirit. We're gonna be studying the person and the work of the Holy Spirit on Sunday mornings for 12 weeks. Now, our, our, our heart for this is represented well in Romans 15, 13, where Paul says as he's praying for the church in Rome, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. We just believe that the Lord is wanting to do something beautiful in our midst this summer as we explore and press into and learn about the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. We shouldn't go into it with any sort of expectations other than spirit. Have your way for the glory of Christ in our church. Sanctify us for the glory of Christ and send us for the glory of Christ. I want to give you a little glimpse into the preaching schedule. Next week, we'll start with the person of the Holy Spirit. Just... An overview, the person of the Holy Spirit. It's important to talk about, third person of the Trinity. And then the week after, the work of the Holy Spirit, a biblical overview of what the Holy Spirit does, who he is, week one, what he does, week two. And then week three, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We're going to be talking about Pentecost. That's going to be fun. Week four, the filling of the Holy Spirit for the believer. The most frequent prayer that I pray in my life is Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit for the glory of Christ. What does that mean? How do we pursue that? How does it affect our lives and the world? Week five, the anointing of the Holy Spirit and what it means to walk in the Holy Spirit. Week six, The leading of the Holy Spirit. We see it all through Scripture, but how does that work? How do you hear from the Holy Spirit? How do we be led by the Spirit? Romans 8 says, those who are the sons of God are being led by the Spirit of God. What does that look like for our lives and for mission? Then we start getting into the gifts. In week seven, we start in on the speaking gifts, okay, part one. That means we're going to cover the gift of prophecy, the gift of word of knowledge, the gift of word of wisdom, the gift of teaching, and the gift of exhortation. And then week eight, the speaking gifts part two, we're gonna talk about tongues and the interpretation of tongues. Very creepy, very awesome. (laughs) Verse nine, verse, I'm sorry. Gosh, typical preacher. Number nine, the miraculous gifts. We wanna see more of this for the glory of Christ in the coastlands. We're gonna talk about the gifts of healing, faith, Miracles, discerning of spirits. And then week 10, just as important and necessary in the church as those, the helping gifts. Gifts of mercy and giving, administration, leadership, and service. Week 11, the Holy Spirit and prayer. Week 12, the Holy Spirit and mission. Now, what's really fun is our kids' ministry will be studying the same thing at the same time, as will our junior hires. So the whole family is getting instructed in the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. I believe the Lord is going to do beautiful things. Now, concurrent with that, we'll be having our midweek gatherings. They'll start on Thursday, July 11th. They'll be on Thursday nights at the Carpinteria Campus. All the campuses will get together, we'll show up, there'll be food, we'll eat food together and enjoy that. And then we'll go into the sanctuary, we'll just begin to worship and pray, we'll talk a little bit about what we've been learning from God's word, about God's spirit, and then we'll just begin to endeavor to apply it. So what does this look like for our lives, for our vocations, for our marriages, for ministry and for mission, for holiness and sanctification, for the glory of Christ in our world? And we'll just seek to begin to apply that. And that'll be Thursday nights through the summer. And then, toward the end of summer, we'll be having a men's retreat. This one's very strategic. Right at the end of summer, August 23rd through 25. Now, Now, the goal, obviously, is to make disciples of Jesus Christ of men. But, but specifically, as we're heading into the fall in the preaching schedule, here, here's what the preaching schedule will look like in the fall. When we get to the fall, after our 10-year anniversary as a church, we'll be diving back into the book of Ephesians. We'll pick it up in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 19. And in the fall, we'll go all the way through chapter 6, verse 9. And that section talks about mutual submission. It talks about husbands and wives. It talks about parenting and vocation. So we're going to give the fall to talk about those real nitty-gritty things, how we get along with each other, how marriage works, and then subsequent to that, with that, how singleness works, how divorce works. We're going to talk about all that stuff. We're going to talk about parenting, and we're going to talk about vocation. And to accompany those studies, we'll be having fall seminars because we want to make disciples. We want to go a little bit deeper than we can on Sunday mornings. So we'll start these fall seminars. It'll be a Friday night. And then Saturday morning, the first one will be September 27 and 28, where we're going to talk about marriage, talk about what happens when we get divorced. Divorce is not the unforgivable sin. Christ is not done with you because you had a divorce. There's a place for you in the church. You're wanted in ministry and mission. We're going to talk about singleness. We don't talk about enough. Not just how to be faithful as single. Not just how to stay pure. We always talk about that. But what singleness means in light of who God is and the glory of that and how he created you to be and the gift of singleness. And yes, how to be faithful. And then... October 25 and 26, we'll have another one on parenting and families. And what we want to do is get down to the real nitty-gritty. They're not going to be broad and theological. They're going to be diving down to the deep issues. So in our parenting seminar, what does it look like to parent a kid who is before preschool? What does it look like to parent a kid who's a a troubled teen? What does it look like to parent kids with special needs? Because in reality, that's something that's very near and dear to our heart. What does it look like to parent in the midst of suffering? That means something very special to us. What does it mean to be a faithful parent? We're going to explore that. And then in November 22 through 23, vocation and work. Gosh, I've got this nine to five job. I mean, I I want to serve Jesus. I want to be on mission, but I don't know what that means in light of this job that I just kind of am doing. Listen, Christ has a plan for you there. Christ is very concerned about every detail of your life, including your vocation. And it is there that he wants you to fulfill his mission. Most of the mission of Christ was played out in business places. The context of people gathered to do commerce. What you do matters to God, and He wants you to see that, and He wants to anoint you for that, and He wants to change the world around you by your intentionality and the power of the Holy Spirit. So I'm finished, and I hope what you're getting is this, that we together as a family are and need to continue to be the summer. Very intent on and intense about making disciples. It's not an optional thing that we might do as a church. It's what Christ told us to do as Christians who are still in this world. To make disciples. Now, I started by saying it's now summer. That means we're, we're heading into a new season. And what we need to remind ourselves when the seasons change, we, do, we don't get to see it a lot in Santa Barbara, Carp, and Ventura, right? We don't see a lot of seasonal change not like they do in Boston and places like that, but it's important that we think about seasons because seasons are designed by God. And just as the earth has seasons, right, where there's times of rest or dormancy, and then there's times of renewal or new life, and there's times where things spring forth, and there's times where old things go away, so our lives have seasons where God is doing different things, calling us into a time of rest or a time of renewal, or a time of action, or a time of birth and rebirth. And summer's a new season. And so I want to ask you, do you have a spiritual plan for summer? You see, we make lots of plans for summer. Oh man, we're going to surf every day, and we're going to do this, and we're going to go there, and we're going to do this. But what, 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 what every Christian must do is have a spiritual plan for summer. Where we do, just like we do the rest of our lives, we look at our circumstances and what's before us, and we say, Holy Spirit, help me with a spiritual plan for the summer. Help me to have a plan to be faithful, a plan to be fruitful, a plan to draw nearer to you and not just drift away. Help me have a plan to make a difference in my family this year, in my workplace, among my friends. Because brothers and sisters whom I love, if you don't have a spiritual plan for the summer, then you're sure to accomplish nothing. We're very busy people. It's a busy culture. What you don't plan, it's not gonna happen. It is God who works and wills in you to do according to his will. But we must press in and have a spiritual plan. Some of you are college students and you're leaving for the summer and you're like, I'm stoked to hear my church is doing that, but I'm outie. You're not out for mission. You've got plans to go home. You've got plans to go here and do this. What is your spiritual plan regarding Bible reading and prayer and study, repentance, fleeing from sin, being faithful in community and generous service? Listen, we should have the most fun we've ever had this summer. God is a author of fun and he's given us things and reasons to have fun but that doesn't need to be mutually exclusive from being faithful we should be a fun and faithful people to the glory of God and I just believe that for you Christ has ordained fruit in your lives this summer I finish by just reading to you part of John 15 Jesus says I am the true grapevine And my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. You've already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me this summer. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. And this brings great glory to my Father. I have loved you, even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. Just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that your joy may be made full. Yes, your joy will overflow. And this is my commandment. Love each other in the same way that I've loved you. There's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. And you are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. You didn't choose me. I chose you. And I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. Holy Spirit of God, the one who leads us, teaches us, sanctifies us, exalts Christ in our midst, and propels us into the world. Come and have your way this summer in our family, in our church. You know all the plans of our hearts. You know all things. We ask that you would Give us your plans for our lives. Yes, Lord, we want to have fun in the summer, but we want to be faithful. And for that, we need tremendous help, maybe even more than some of us do for fun. We need help to be faithful. So Holy Spirit, come. Do a good and fruitful thing for the glory of Jesus in our lives, in our church, and here in the coastlands.